Women Taking the Lead, Episode 98. One practice is constantly taking a step back and viewing the big picture and the whole picture. That if there's if there's nothing more that that I found as as the most important because it helps me to be strategic. We all get stuck sometimes in the day-to-day and in the details. And it's so important to, on a regular basis, step back and get perspective and look at things from from the big picture. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Penny Zanker, and entrepreneurs and executives seek the business coaching training and keynotes of Penny for her strategic thinking and ability to transfer these skills to others. Penny is one of the very few business and entrepreneurial coaches that merges her own high-level success with extraordinary coaching skills to offer motivated individuals an exceptional resource. Penny, that I just have to say that's so key as a coach to have those skills and to also to have the success and the experience to back up that coaching. So I'm very excited to have you on Women Taking the Lead. And that is only a little intro for everyone. So share a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Sure. Uh, Jody. thank you so much for having me here. This is, uh, it's exciting to be here and to, and to share my story with, uh, with your listeners. So humble beginnings. So where do you want me to start? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think like uh, a lot of people, some people either know where their career is going to be and they start very young and others, you know, take a very uh, varied path to get there. And I'd say that that's that's probably what happened to me is, is sort of a varied path. You know, as a child, I've always wanted to make a big impact. You know, I don't know what it was, but something from early in, in like around 12, uh, I just I, I wanted to write a book. I wanted to do something that was really going to reach a lot of people. And uh, and I, I think somewhere along the line, you know, I I got involved in my day-to-day and, and forgot that, uh, that mission, let's say. And I, I started out in accounting and finance uh, because it was the safe route. My dad was an accountant, and I knew that I could always get a job, you know, when my brothers were having a hard time getting a job. But that wasn't really for me, uh, and that came out pretty quickly that I really loved working with technology and things like that. So um, just was in the right place at the right time, I think, to kind of – in my accounting position at uh, J.P. Morgan, I was traveling uh, around the organization in a special training program, seeing the different divisions, and I happened to have a lot of touch points with technology, looking at and reviewing technology systems uh, and things like that, and had the opportunity to go to Switzerland uh, on a one-year assignment, and because I came to kind of a turning point in my career where I was like, this wasn't really for me. And I was looking for something bigger and different. And so I was really excited when I got called into HR and I wasn't sure whether they were going to fire me because I was looking for something else <laughs> or, you know, or what was going to happen. And, and they offered me this opportunity to go to, uh, to Zurich, Switzerland, which opened up a whole new world for me in, in so many different ways. Uh, I, I actually ended up staying in Switzerland after that they wanted to send me back a year later uh, and actually made the switch completely into technology there and and really immersed myself in the culture for 16 years there in Switzerland. And I, 
you know, it's just such an amazing experience to really appreciate what culture is about by being outside your your home culture. Wow. So you <laughs> you had this opportunity not only to immerse yourself and in, in pivot into a different field and immerse yourself in that field, but at the same time, you were immersing yourself in a completely different culture. That must have been, how do I want to say it, like a, a personal development like explosion. You know what? That is a great way to describe it. It was an explosion. It was a sink or swim because what I didn't mention is when I got into technology and I got a position at uh, Arthur Anderson, they made a decision not to speak a word of English to me. So I was in a German speaking area and, you know, not like it doesn't make it hard enough to get into a new area, right? <laughs> well, mm-hmm. let's just throw in a, a foreign language in there, right? So it was, it was a total sink or swim uh, self-development explosion. And luckily I, uh, I was able to swim. <laughs> Holy smokes. And being able to swim, you must have gained so much confidence on your ability to adapt and grow and try new things like that must have taken away a lot of fear of trying new things after that experience. Yes and no. So at first it increased the fear and and lowered my confidence, right? Because I didn't understand what people were saying to me. I'm I'm at a boardroom meeting and they're assigning me something and I have no idea because I wasn't fluent, right? I was just working on (laughs) getting there. And so I I think at first it took a big hit for my confidence. And, and over time, I think as, as one does, as, as I broke through and I saw that I could do it and I started to walk and and then run and then, you know, take it to the next level. uh, Then I started to build that confidence. And I, I think I, I was, I was telling somebody the other day, the pivotal point for me was also, um, I was working for Arthur Anderson and um, some people had approached me to go out on on our own. And uh, they said, you know, let's go, let's do it. And I thought, no, I'm not good enough. I'm too young, right? All those those gremlins come out and tell you why you're, you can't do it and you're not good enough. And I sat across from a gentleman who was a contractor from the UK, from, from England. And, uh, and I was way better than he was. And I don't, you know, I wasn't, in, in a comparison mode, but I was just thinking, wow, he's getting like really big rates per hour and I'm getting next to nothing. And, and, you know, that doesn't seem right. So for me, that compared to what, right, helped me to make a big shift and said, well, if he can do it, then I can do it. So it was really, that was the impetus that got me um, into my, my realm of, of confidence and, and, started my own business then in, in technology from there. Oh, that that's so great. I love those, those uh, you know, victim to victory yeah. <laughs> stories, you know, and clearly, and the place where you are now, you've gained a lot of confidence. And I'm sure, you know, when you were first starting your job, you know, the confidence wasn't there, but that was a reflection of not knowing the language and, you know, still trying to like get your feet under you um, with the transition. But I'm interested in a playing small moment. And that's when you would have undervalued yourself. And you might not have realized you were doing it until much later, right? In retrospect, you saw, you you look back on who you were at the time and you know now that you were capable of so much more um, than you thought of yourself at the time. Share with, with us that story and the lessons you've learned. Hmm. Okay. I, I think the... Uh, I, 
I, I, when, when I was thinking of this question, I was thinking, okay, you know, there's, there is the time, that time, right, when I was playing small and, I, and that sort of shifted me into a new gear. But I, I think it was really when um, I sold my technology company that I had to a public company and um, I was then took a, a position where I was, I was looking to take it easy at that point, right? I had worked 24 hour days. And, and at, at that point, I didn't have a mentor. I wasn't really, even though I went through that self-development kind of explosion and, and learning, I, I didn't have any formalized self-development, right? I didn't have anyone that I followed or, uh, and, and, and really be able to reflect and understand what that whole experience meant to me. That really came a lot later. And, um, so when I had sold my business, I went to take it easy. There was a large company, a uh, big market research company, wanted me to take over uh, just the technology of, of this uh, direct marketing company that was a daughter company. And I thought, that's perfect because, you know, I can run these. Uh, it's, it's all within my realm, my comfort zone, everything that I understand to do. Well, you know, that hasn't really worked well for me in my life because whenever I've been comfortable, something has definitely come to... <laughs> make me uncomfortable. So what happened was before I was supposed to start that position, they called me and told me that actually I was uh, going to be part of a task force that was going to reorganize that things weren't as good as, as they had appeared. And I was taking my boss's position who was responsible for five countries, uh, 150 people. And I think it was about $80 million worth of revenue. So I, I mean, you know, I wanted to play small. I really did. I went into my boss's office, my new, the chairman, who is now going to be my new boss. And uh, I was really scared. You know, I was in over my head. I felt like I, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I've never done this. Uh, and thankfully, he became my very first and, and biggest mentor because he, he never let me play small. And, and he made it so simple. So what he said to me when I went in there, uh, which I'm sure I was dripping with insecurity and fear, and, <laughs> and he said to me, he said, look, I didn't hire you for, you know, all the activities. What I hired you for was to make decisions. He said, and you showed me very thoroughly through the extensive process that we put you through that how you evaluate things and come to decisions and you do it relatively quickly and, and with, you know, thought and strategy behind it. He said, that's what I'm looking for from you. He said, what you do with the rest of your time is up to you. Oh, wow. What a great story, Penny. Cause it's just, it's making me think about how, you know, sometimes we play small because we make up expectations that other people have for us. Mm -hmm. Right. They're not real. The person hasn't told us what their expectations are. But we in our head have a list of things that we think other people expect of us. Absolutely. And I think also what it is, is we put all sorts of urgencies on ourselves. It's, it's what we expect of ourselves as much as also what we think others expect. Right. From from us. So it's it's a lot of pressure. And, and that just kind of, it was like, you know, I was getting really good at that overwhelm thing and, mm -hmm. and living that story of, I can't do this. And, and I was ready to, to quit and he didn't let me quit. And he did it in such a graceful way that kind of opened my eyes to approach things and look at things differently. And, and I think because of that, 
I always take a step back and 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 see the big picture and and maintain perspective to to see okay what's really important for me to do and what are all these other things that also need to get done and find the balance between you know the importance and the urgency kind of thing oh penny that's great and what would you say is the number one takeaway you want the listeners to take from your story I want them, I think that the main thing would be to maintain perspective, right? That, that really, it, it broke my pattern of, of the stories that I was telling myself, and it enabled me to get perspective, to stand outside of the emotion for just a moment. And, you know, the emotion is real. And at the same time, we do have the power to step out of it and, and get perspective. So I, I think that's the main message that I would want to to give people, no matter what the context is, when we can get perspective around something and see things really as it is, not worse than it is, not better than it is, but really for what it is, then we're able to come up with solutions as opposed to getting stuck. Mm. And now, Penny, share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. I'd say probably one of the most important wake-up calls to me uh, was during another sort of explosion in my life where a lot of things were uh, up in the air. And the the wake-up call started with a big screaming fight between me and my three-year-old son. And as I left the house that morning and I was in the car, I realized that that was about me, right? He's three. (laughs) So I wasn't giving him the presence and attention that he needed. And and I think that was a wake-up call to me in terms of what are my priorities what is it that I really want to do? Was I really happy in what I was doing? And I mean, I, I had an opportunity. I was in line for the CEO of, of this market research company uh, in Switzerland. And um, I know that my boss was grooming me for that. And I went in that day and, uh, and I quit. I did not, that, that wasn't what I wanted. Of course, it was the same boss and he did not let me quit. Uh, <laughs> but but he did, again, he brought me to the realization of, okay, let's find a solution here. Again, giving me perspective of, of you know, what is it that they need from me and what is it uh, that, that I need and how do we find uh, the appropriate solution? But that was really a wake-up call to me. And, and because of that, my whole direction, I did stay with the company for another year and help them through a, uh, an acquisition. And at the end of that acquisition, my boss did want to offer me that position as CEO and I declined it. And that's when I went into coaching. Wow. And I was right there. As soon as you started your story, like shouting match with the three-year-old, I was right there with you. (laughs) Right? It was totally (laughs) his fault, right? I mean, (laughs) totally pushing my buttons and triggering me. I mean, it's all his fault. (laughs) Clearly. I mean, I don't have kids, but I have nieces and nephews and I've been in that moment (laughs) of, and you know what? Kids are are such great um, feedback. Yeah, they really (laughs) machines, right? And they don't deal well with with adults that are on autopilot or who aren't or whose minds are somewhere else. Oh, totally. You know, they're they're good indicators of how present am I in the moment 
right? And, and and how am I doing? How am I managing myself? And what did you do, Penny? Um, so that was a that was a great wake up call and got you in action. What were some of the steps that you took to lead you to coaching? Because that was a leap. You were about to be a CEO of a technology company, and then you ended up as a coach. That for a lot of people, there's going to be a disconnect there. Right. What was the connection for you? Well, the, the connection for me was understanding what was it that I loved about my job? What was it that I loved to do? And, you know, and I realized it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't about the ego anymore. You know, I mean, yes, I would feel super significant and that would be amazing to be CEO of this. It was actually the market research company after uh, I, I left my own, uh, sold my, my IT company. But that I, I think it was the, the step was is really that's when I began also really deep diving into my personal development. Uh, at the same time, uh, I was going through a divorce. So, you know, it was one of those explosions. <laughs> and I, I think the steps were just to get clarity for myself on what was important. What did I really love to do? What drove me? And and then to um, to take action and move forward in that. And I, you know, so I, I started to get involved in in self-development. I started to work with a coach from the company's perspective and I coached others. And I had realized that that's the part that I love the most is, yes, I love the strategies and moving companies forward. And I love the behavioral aspect of understanding how to work with people and 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 have people rise to the occasion to, uh, to be at their best. And so that's kind of what I did was combine those two. And I decided, okay, well, let's see how this feels. Let's go to go back to, to school and, and get my degree in coaching. And, um, and it just felt very natural to, to do that because I've always been, and people say, oh, you know, you were in IT technology and then you move into coaching. Where's the the connect in that, well, the connect is I've always enjoyed making things better. And and for a long time before I had an aha, I thought it was just about improvement. But I realized that I, I, I look through a lens of value as I look to how can I create more value? How can I find the value in something? How can I increase the value? And so, you know, I, I, I think it was just I learned more about myself to understand how I can be more true to myself and, and that authenticity then is going to serve others better than if I'm living someone else's dream and someone else's desire, right? Because my, my husband at the time, he wanted me to take the CEO position. The, the CEO was like a father figure to me and, and I felt like I was letting them down, but I had to step up for myself and do what was right for me. Mm, like that gut check yeah. of what, yeah. And it sounds like it came along at the perfect time, like just exploring coaching was exact. And you had been doing coaching within your job. Right. And it sounds like you, it became so apparent that you needed to be doing more of that. Absolutely. It always comes at the perfect time, Jody. <laughs> it does. It, you and I know that. <laughs> and I have to say, I'm just going to say real quickly, Penny, there's a theme uh, for you of like, you don't make small changes. You yeah. seem to do big changes all at the same time. I do. And I'm not sure if that's just special to me. I think that life hands us, but I, yes, I have had a lot of big changes uh, in, in my life. 
You know, and I, if you don't mind, like uh, off, off the cuff, I'm curious and I'm sure, you know, those who are listening are curious too. What are some of the things that you do to help you go through these big changes? Because I think a lot of us when, you know, too many big changes come along all at the same time, we feel like we can just get overwhelmed with all of it. What did you do for yourself to help you get through that with, you know, your, your mind still intact? Right. Well, I think the number one thing was I took care of me. And I exercised regularly. I, you know, I uh, exercise was a really important piece for me to keep balance and keep sanity. Uh, It's also something that throughout you had mentioned before, you know, what builds confidence. It's always been something that's helped me to build confidence by, uh, by doing some bigger exercise things. So like some, some bigger bike races and things like that, that, uh, that helped me to build confidence. And so in this case, it was just making sure that I was taking care of myself. I went to bed early and got enough sleep because we can't, you can't underestimate the power of that in itself. So I took care of myself and I gave myself permission by the way, because, you know, I did have young children and, uh, you know, it's the old saying, if mom's not happy, no one's happy, right? <laughs> yeah. So I took care mm-hmm. of me. And secondly, um, I, I I focused on gratitude. I was listening to, um, at the time in Switzerland, I don't know if these were really old or I was new to get them, but Oprah was doing the Soul Series. And mm-hmm. I listened to um, a, a session that was on creating a gratitude journal. I think it was, I think it was Melissa Gilbert. I'm not sure. I listened to a couple different ones, but, uh, so that's what I did was I decided, you know what, that's where I want to focus is I want to put my focus on what's good in my life because there's no point in me, you know, dwelling and, and wallowing right. in what's not good. Cause I had somebody who actually said to me, Oh, on your journal, you should write all the things that, you know, your husband's doing you wrong and everything that's going wrong. And I was like, wow, that's the worst thing that I could do, right? Because then that just fills you with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was taking care of myself. It was filling myself with gratitude. And some days it was hard. It was hard. Mm-hmm. But I found that I became more appreciative of everything around me. And it's a new filter. And and you see things differently. And it really helped me. I, I absolutely believe that it helped me in order to interpret the things that were coming to me, to, to give them a positive meaning versus uh, the, the meaning, the unproductive meaning that could come from if I was uh, filtering everything from, you know, a woe is me. Right. That's powerful. Thank you for that. And Penny, you've had a lot of different leadership roles. You've served as a leader at, you know, different levels of the organization and different, you know, areas and fields. And your leadership style has probably developed over time. At this point in your career, how would you describe your leadership style? I think that, uh, you know, because I'm a coach, my leadership style is very much uh, coaching oriented, which means uh, I get curious. I ask a lot of questions. So I think where, you know, there's the dictatorial type of leader that says you're going to do this and you're going to do it like this. Um, or that could be the micromanager. <laughs> uh, but my style is really to it's workshop oriented. It's, it's collaborative. 
And it's really to to pull out and ask people questions where they might say something where I can say, okay, um, what what are you thinking there? Tell me more. Uh, so it's it's really a uh, a very collaborative coaching type of of style. Mm. And what I like about the coaching style is even if somebody comes up with an idea and your initial reaction might be, I, I don't think that's going to work. Coming from a, cur- a place of curiosity mm-hmm. and getting in the other person's world and having them explore how would this work mm-hmm. as opposed to let's come up with all the reasons why it won't. Like sometimes people come to their own conclusion like, oh, this is going to need a little more research right. or we're going to need more resources. So then you're not the naysayer. Really, you're the resource. You're the person. You're the guide. You're the person helping them, not shutting them down. That's what I love about that style. Absolutely. And and who's to say that they don't just they're not they're thinking outside the box and you're in the box. Right. So <laughs> I'm I'm always open to new ideas. So tell me how, you know, how that could work. And let's talk about this. And as you said, you'll discover through questions whether they're they've thought it all the way through. There's needs to be more research or maybe there's a combination of what they're saying with something else. Right. Yeah. Yep. And you're likely to learn something new. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. All right, Penny, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Well, I am super excited that I am starting a, a, a TV talk show. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I am super excited about that. I start filming on Monday next week for the first episodes. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of I do a, a podcast as well. So it's it's a new format. It has, you know, a, a much bigger reach. And so it's it's just super exciting to to take it to to that next level. Oh, my goodness. And will you have links of where we can find this when the... Absolutely. So, absolutely. It, we're, it'll and, be announced, probably will be launching towards the end of February. End of February? Yep. Okay. All right. So we'll be ready to go and have it queued up. Yeah, it's called uh, Accelerating Accelerate Success. And what's the format of the of the show? It's a talk show, but are there is there any um, particular people that you're interviewing or specifically? Yeah, well, it depends on uh, the topic. But so far, we have lined up uh, Hiram Smith, who wrote the uh, the introduction to my book, uh, which I'll just quickly plug, The Productivity Zone. Um, Hiram Smith was the founder of uh, Franklin Quest and then joined together, you know, all those Franklin planners that we used for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then joined with uh, with Stephen Covey to make Franklin Covey. So he's, he's going to be interviewing um, Ari Mizell, who uh, talks about doing less. Uh, so less is more. And yeah. uh, some other really great uh, Linda Galindo, who's uh, fully about accountability. And that's going to be an exciting topic. And we're going to be talking about uh, generational issues with uh, Carol Hatton Holmes. So lots of lots of great guests that are coming on. Awesome. I can't wait for that. All right. Now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? I'm going to come back to reinforcing perspective. One practice is constantly taking a step back and viewing the big picture and the whole picture. That if there's if there's nothing more that that I found as as the most important because it helps me to be strategic. We all get stuck sometimes in the day to day and in the details, and it's so important to on a regular basis step back and get perspective and look at things from uh, fr- from the big picture. I love that. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Hmm, that's a good question. 
Well, I, I don't know if it's specifically for women, but I am a big proponent uh, in, of, of the book that's The Power of Full Engagement. It's really for everyone. They, they just talk, It's about how we manage our energy, and that's really part of what my platform is, too. It's about, you know, so many people are focused on uh, trying to manage time. And, you know, when we try to manage something that we can't, uh, that we don't have control over, it, it creates stress in our lives. And I, I think that uh, we need to be able to shift that to be able to see that it's really how we show up for the time that we have. And that's how we manage our energy. And the first book that I, after I had come up with this platform that I read uh, that's amazing on this topic is The Power of Full Engagement. It's really great. I love that book. So oh, good. thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> I read it over the summer and same thing. I do. Um, my uh, core coaching process is all around energy. And I love what they had to say in the book. Like, it doesn't matter if you have a whole afternoon free. If you can't focus, it's not time management. That's your problem. That's right. It's your energy. So great. Thank you for underscoring that book. And Penny, what advice would you give your younger self? <laughs> At what age? <laughs> I, I think that the most important thing is to look at the comparisons that we're making. When I was in high school, I didn't really have an issue there because I was my own person. And then somewhere after high school, I started making too many comparisons, right? Comparisons of, uh, you know, I think it was as I came into late high school, comparisons of my brothers with SAT scores, comparison with other girls for my looks, comparisons, right? And I, I think that, and this is a, a title of a book that I'm going to be coming out with next year called Compared to What? And I think my my younger, I would tell my younger self just to, uh, to be, to, to compare yourself to the best of yourself and, and not to look outside for any types of comparisons. I don't know if you've heard of Matthew Kelly, but he talks a lot. My sister gave me a book um, written by him. I can't remember the name of it right now, but he talked a lot about becoming the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that's the only thing you have to worry about, which what you said was, was practically the same thing. And Hal Elrod quoted him in his book, The Miracle Morning as well. Like you're just working on being the best version of you that you can be. There's no point in comparing yourself to other people. So thank you again for for adding that here. And Penny, share with us a success quote or a mantra that you have and why it has meaning for you. Well, one of the ones that I quote and I put on the bottom of my email is is just reinforcing what we talked about is stop managing your time and start managing your energy. So that's that's one that I absolutely um, reinforce over and over again because we uh, we get stuck in those old paradigms that don't serve us. Awesome. And what is the best way for this community to connect with you? My website is the best place to connect with me and to find out more information about my book. I have some free giveaways. I have a self-assessment around productivity, the 10 core drivers, and that's all uh, on the website. So it's www. P as in productivity, 10 as in the number 10, app.com. So it's p10app.com. 
All right. And for those listening, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com because I know a lot of you listen in the car or while you're working out or on the go. So it's very hard to write these things down so you can find it there. And Penny, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you, Jody. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.